This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand many of our listeners may not agree with all of our viewpoints. However, we hope you can bear with us in order to hear unadulterated true crime cases. We are not licensed therapists, nor are we able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source material included for each episode. Now Now let's get get weird. Welcome back to All the Sins Worldwide. This is part two of the interview with Demetria Good. Let's get back to it. So when the police arrived, was he there? Was he present? Uh, what happened after that? So actually when he came outside, I guess he uh, came back to reality. He tried to help me and I was screaming and telling him to stay away from me. Right. And then he fled the scene. Okay. He fled the scene. And to make the story even worse, uh, the stab wound, uh, he had a self-inflicted wound where he stabbed himself. And I, I would have thought at this point that he would have been honest with everyone. Mm-hmm. And he started lying, telling folks that I stabbed him. So we had to have two forensics done. The first one came back inconclusive. The second one came back. There was no way possible that I stabbed him. Right. Um. So uh, that was, you know, another piece of it. It's like, at some point, you just have to take accountability uh, for your actions and what you have done. Was there any legal consequences for him? Uh, he did. Uh, I took a, I asked for a plea bargain and I would tell anyone because I was so mentally messed up and confused, I, I didn't know who I was. Through through the re- the relationship, I was just digging a hole, and I, I I probably was six feet deep in that hole from uh, all the verbal, emotional, financial, sexual, you you name it. I I went through it right, <laughs> in, right. in in my marriage, and the thing was, he didn't physically hit me. Uh, that was the uh, one time he had pushed me, um, I had, uh, a miscarriage from that one, but that was before we got married. But this time, um, he never put his hands on me up until they called it a crime of passion. Um, if he couldn't have me, no one else could have me. Um, so, um, I asked for a plea bargain. The prosecutors were upset at me. They were mad at me because they wanted to give him life in prison. Right. And I want to tell people, because a lot of folks, why did you go? Mentally, I couldn't testify. Mentally, I didn't know who I was. Mentally, I was going through one of the worst depressions that I had ever been in my life. I just, I didn't want to face it. I didn't want to deal with it. I, I actually was still in disbelief that a man that I supported would even do, do something to me like this. Um, but he did seven years, seven, seven and a half years. Um, he is home. Um, I have seen him. Um, I've seen him because two years ago he was riding past my house. And as I said, we do have a daughter together. I don't know his reasons, but I have sold and physical custody of her. One day I just connected eye to eye, but I looked at him and I let him know I wasn't scared of him. 
Um, but I wrote the judge a letter and um, I, I let them know that he was disturbing my peace. Like right. he, he, there's no reason why he should ride by my house. And absolutely. Yeah. Since I wrote the letter to the judge, I haven't seen him since. I want to say that I'm sorry that you went through obviously everything, but a miscarriage on top of that is very, it's something that only women know how it feels. And I truly am sorry that you experienced that because when you become pregnant, that is, I mean, to most people, a very joyous occasion. So I, I do apologize that you went through something like that. Yeah, no, and it's okay. You know, I think that everything in our life is designed to happen. It's a part yes. of our destiny. And, you know, I'm just blessed to be here because yes, you truly are. After, yeah, the day after there was another lady in the newspaper, her significant other stabbed her as well, but she didn't make it. Oh my gosh. And, you know, you 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 think about life and how thankful you are for yes. life and your purpose and why why you're here. Yeah. And I think the reason why I'm here is because to share um, the things, the trials and tribulations that I have been through, but not only that, but to share the good, the bad and the ugly, I have flaws too in, in my life. And, you know, I sit th back and I think about the situation and I think about a lot of the things that I could have done differently. And one of the biggest things that I could have done differently was to uh, go with my gut feeling of red flags and I should have left but because I chose loyalty and and not to leave and I put him first I put him before me so you know I bring a lot of awareness to you should never put anyone before you right um, you should put yourself first because when you put people before you you're not loving yourself and in order to love yourself you have to put yourself first and once you love yourself a uh, 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 protection of love will form around you and you'll understand what love is. Yes. I think a lot of people trauma bond and I think mm. ex-husband trauma bond because I went through childhood issues and he surely had some childhood issues that um, was um, mouth dropping. And right. you know, a, a part, a lot of the work that I do is bringing awareness to child how childhood traumas affect our adult decisions yes. and, and it's reality it's the truth because even after this um I sat down I was just so lost after he stabbed me mentally I, I just wasn't ready for life mentally I knew I didn't love myself mentally I was at the deepest uh depression and I was hopeless in my life and when you go through things like this you see who your true friends are yeah. You know, there for you because everything that you do for others, when something happens to you traumatic, you're going to see how many people are there for you. And yes. it's a true uh, fact of it. But um, I was so deep into my depression that I attempted suicide. I put 30 Percocets up to my mouth. And uh, when I put the 30 Percocets, uh, my two-year-old at the time, a child, our child together, me and my ex-husband, she ran in the room and she kissed me on my forehead and she said, mommy, I love you. Wow. And I dropped the, the pills because the pills are actually going down my throat. I, the bottle was up to my mouth. And because she, and she didn't, of course she's young. She didn't realize what I was. Right. But I think that's another blessing in my life where God spared my life. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I think you touched on so many things that are powerful and I can, I love that you work with people that have experienced childhood trauma and realize that that does bleed into your adulthood. It Mm -hmm. does shape you. I personally went through childhood trauma with my mother. Uh, She was extremely physically and verbally abusive. So that it's taken my entire twenties to heal. And now it's like, I'm parenting myself because Mm -hmm. I, she was not a parent. She, she provided, you know, clothes, food, shelter, but she did not provide a safety, a safe home for me. She did not, she was not my safe haven. She was not my protector. She was not a, a, a good emotional place for me. And being an adult now, I have learned so much from that. So that's just, I can relate in a small way. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's why I love doing this. And I love talking to people with backgrounds like yourself, because I feel like we understand each other on a different level. Yeah. And absolutely. And I tell folks, and I had to go back. So when I, when I um, sat there, when my daughter came and I was like, when I dropped the bottle, I was like, you have a purpose in life and that's your kids because I have three, I have three, two older and she's the younger. She's almost a 10 year difference. Yeah. And, but that wasn't even the beginning. I had to, it took, it would take me probably about another five years to share my life experience because he was continuing to lie. I mean, he, he uh, gaslighted me so bad. Even when he came home, we had this uh, face. Uh, book Chad and I was asking him like just please leave us alone our daughter is in a good place right and, you know be honest I would ask my daughter every day if she wanted to see her dad and she would tell me no when she was around five she walked in the bathroom and she asked me did her dad harm me? and I looked at her like your dad and she she said his name so somebody was having a conversation with uh-huh. her that I chose not to have her because I never talked about him to her, period. We didn't right. talk about him. And so um, she said, uh, she asked me, did her dad try hurt me? And I was, I asked her who told her. She was like, she wouldn't tell me. So I told her yes. And she told me he was uh, in jail. Um, and I said, you don't know what jails is. She said behind bars, locked up. She's very, very smart. Yeah. So after we had this conversation, I'm looking like I'm talking to this five-year-old. It's a grown, mature conversation. Right. And I asked her, would you like to see your dad? I will make provisions for you to see him, even being locked up. And she told me, no, she doesn't want to see him. And I said, why? And she said, because he tried to hurt my mommy. So I respect, I would ask her every other day, do you want to see your dad? Sometimes every day, then it turned to once a week, then it turned to once a month, then it turned to periodically. When she got 10 years old, she looked at me one day and she said, "Um, mom, please don't ask me. I'll tell you when I want to see him. So that is how that started. And when he came home, we had this message and um, he told me I was a liar. I told him, she doesn't want to see him. He called me lies. He told it was me. It was me. Um, and then he also gaslighted me. He was like, I heard you were sleeping around with people to pay your bills. 
someone came when he was locked up and told him I was sleeping around to pay the bills. For me, it's an insult because I have a good job. I'm actually working two jobs and, you know, I've bought a home and I've bought a, a vehicle, two vehicles, you know. Good so for doing, you. Yeah. So it's like you go through that healing trial. I was going through financial abuse. Right. So I was paying all the bills and even trying to pay his bills. Right. Uh, to the point that um, it damn, I went from a 700 and some credit score all the way down to 300 financially messing with him. And, you know, uh, it got to the point where I was like, you have to take over your own bills. I can't do, I can't do this anymore. Right. Even if I had to pay that, it was to the point I was like, just pay a hundred dollars a week for our daughter's daycare. Mm -hmm. I remember it was a couple times that I would get to the daycare after I've, I've paid bills in the home. And I would get there, the babysitter would be like, uh, your husband said, you're going to pay the daycare. He ain't got it. And I would just look at her and I would just look at my bank account. I'd be like, that's all I have, a hundred dollars in the bank account. Right. right. So um, those are a lot of the things that, you know, not a lot, some of the things, cause there's a lot more, but some right. of the things that um, I went through, I had even gotten to the point through the marriage where I was being disrespectful disrespected really bad by one of his kids and um I got to the point I was like if they're gonna disrespect me I'm not doing nothing for them at all whatsoever and even when I shut off I was like you have to buy your own hygiene you have to buy your own laundry stuff you feed yourself I'm not doing nothing for you and and I really I meant it right you can't tell your child to have respect some form of tell, uh, keep a child in a child's place. It was so bad that one of his kids was telling people that I needed a DNA, that I was cheating on my husband. I didn't, I never cheated on him. And, you know, I even went to him and I was like, why are you allowing your daughter to do this? Um, and this is a child in adult business. Like yeah. she has no, she shouldn't even be knowing if it were even true, she shouldn't know these things. And then he was clearly poisoning her against you. Yeah. And and what I realized, and this is what I would, I, I tell people, when we had a conversation, he would tell me every female he dated was jealous of his child. What I realized then was they were the problem. People weren't jealous of them. Right. It was the things that they were doing to people where they probably stood up and was like, I'm not like you're doing stuff to disrespect me. Right. I'm not going to allow that. And they stood up. And, and you know, when you're in a relationship, you, you see those things. It's like it was even to the point it was like, I know he he made her mother dislike her because it was a feud between her and her mother. And he would always say the mother was jealous and this and this and this. But it was to the point I was like, he made, he had to start a piece of that between the mom and daughter, right? Yeah. So I just couldn't take it no more. And the family, his side of the family and friends accused me of not, I won't feed them. Look, you don't pay no bills. You can take care of your daughter. That's not my child. So I don't have to take care of them. You don't pay any bills. So you can step into the place can't no one put that burden on me, especially with someone that's disrespecting me. You can't do that. And yes, I stood up and yes, I got to a point where I couldn't take it no more. So there was, I wasn't provide. I was the provider. I bought right. Christmas gifts. I bought birthday gifts. I did school shopping. I did it all. I was mm -hmm. a provider. 
I was dealing with a narcissist. I was being gaslighted. And, you know, I, I real, I realized it because what all of this did for me was allowed me to address my personal issues. So when I started the piece of the good fight, the good fight actually originated from me sharing my life experience. And then folks started reaching out to me and inboxing me and texting me and calling me. I mean, people that were close to me didn't even know that my ex-husband brutally beat and stabbed me for years because I didn't talk about it at all. So when I started to talk about it because he kept, he continued his lies and he would not be truthful, right? So, um people saw reaching it was like I went through this I went through molestation I went through a childhood abuse I'm going through domestic violence so I said you know what my life is my life experience is helping others share their life experiences and they never talked about it so they're coming to me to talk about it so it created the platform of the good fight and our platform is to help others through life experiences so we want to we want to connect others that are going through similar situations so that they can see how others have been through the traumas and now that they're healing so that they can take those pieces of it and start the journey to healing because folks actually give advice on how what helped them to start right. the journey to healing. And then it got an even deeper. I was like, how do I get this message out even further? So we were created one day. We just jumped up. We didn't know anything about podcasting <laughs> and we just jumped up and I worked on it and worked on it and worked on it and we figured it out. And uh, we have unfiltered unspoken podcast where we're sharing life experiences to help others going through uh, similar situations. And now it's turned into a nonprofit. So it's our 501 C three. Wow. We give back to the youth. So we target uh, childhood traumas, adult traumas, domestic violence, and mental health. Um, so if you want to check us out, we're on www.thegoodefight.com. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. So it'd be easy just to go and click and look at all the amazing things that Demetria is doing. Yes. I have two last questions. So having a partner treat you with out the respect and the love and the honor that you deserve, does that make you lose hope when it comes to love? Well, it's made my relationship scary. Like I have a block, every time I try to put this block and I, and I meet amazing men. Mm-hmm. So it puts this block up when someone gets close to me or I'm dating, I kind of push them away. It's a resistance right. because I, sometimes I think about like the man that was supposed to be the closest to me stabbed me. So yeah. you don't know what anyone is capable of doing. So yes, mm-hmm. it's caused some trust issues and detachment and a fear to really really love because as I said my vulnerability is love and I have to do anything to protect it absolutely so what you're saying is that you're a little bit more careful with having love in your life at this point yes yes and it and and the crazy thing is I I want to love I want to be in a serious uh relationship you know, it's hard, especially with me working. I put a lot of hours into the good fight and unfiltered, unspoken. So a lot of people like, I can handle it. And then when they see how much I work, it's like that time pulling. And this is my passion. So I'm not going to um, cut short of helping others because 
I feel as though this is a gift back from God for me to help others uh, through life traumas and to share as many life experiences as we can through the good fight and unfiltered, unspoken. So, you know, hopefully um, I will let the guards down all the way, but, you know, unfortunately things, traumas that happen into our life and I'm still going through a healing journey right now, um, it has affected me. Yeah, and there's no doubt that it would affect you. I mean, it's going through something like that is going to, in one way or another, affect you. And I'm so glad that you have turned that pain into positivity and an outreach to people as well. Like that is such a, whenever I hear things like that, it just warms my heart because so many people could turn to drugs or alcohol or whatever else they can turn to instead of retaking their life essentially yeah and that's why you know going through this I've opened I've actually when I came back after I said I'm going to reopen my wounds because I, I thought I was at peace uh moving on until my ex wouldn't leave me alone mm-hmm. uh, the lies and the continued lies and um when I came into this journey, I said, I want to be fully honest with myself. So I went back to my childhood and to see the pieces of my childhood. And, you know, I went through childhood abuse as well. You know, I can't blame my mother. My mother tried the best that she could. But because of trials and tribulations in her life and she doesn't talk about it and she probably never will. I know that she has been through some things because you do hear rumors and it affected her. So it it, it trickles down on, on your kids and uh, generational curses yes. until we're able to stand up to it and say, you know, I do have a problem because what I also try to explain to people, if you're taught something a certain way for so long you don't see no wrong in what you're doing because this is actually what you were taught right so when people are continuously telling you certain things I always tell people take constructive criticism this is how I have grown in life is taking constructive criticism because I would have never seen my childhood as a preyed on me for the length of the time that it has preyed on me. And to be honest, up until I was two years ago, I was about 41. um, I allowed my childhood into adulthood family have control over my life. So I finally stood up and I started telling folks, you were a part of my childhood traumas, you abused me. So I started confronting folks. Um, I also start confronting my life. So I reopened up my life so the world can watch me heal. And this is what I'm doing now because I want folks to see the good, the bad, the ugly. I want folks to see the flaws. I want folks to see my happiness, my healing journey, how I, I, this is the first time I have ever loved myself. This is the first time that I have ever been at peace because I always put people before me in life. And I never put myself first. I, 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 I never thought because it was a loving nature. And also from 12 to 16, I was in and out of the system. So I felt as though the, the system was giving me more love than I was getting at home. Mm-hmm. But 
once you go through that, it's actually, it becomes traumatizing too, being locked up behind bars and, you know, going through stuff like you, you think about that mentally um, when you get, as you get older. And, you know, I shielded a lot of stuff. I suppressed a lot of stuff. I blacked it out. I call it a blackout trauma where you try to suppress the things that you have been through in childhood. But as I got into the good fight and going through the process of the good fight, I realized that um, some of the men that I watched growing up was the men that I was dating. Right. And I was letting good men go to be with other men, which is trauma bonding. But my trauma bonding was more of I wanted to show love, share love. And then I would get angry. Like I would get really, really angry when I felt as though my love was preyed on. But this is the thing. I had to take accountability. I had to look at myself and say, what is the issue? Why are you doing this? Look at your past relationships. So we go on into relationships, but we don't take accountability for allowing people to do the things that they do to us. Yeah. So it's two pieces to this. I tell folks is accountability and forgiveness. Those are the biggest two pieces and keys to moving on and starting the healing journey. I had to take accountability for the things that I could have, that I was controllable of. The things that was uncontrollable, I had to forgive. You know, that's that piece of, of, of life and through the, the healing journey. But out of, I just, within the year and a half, two years, I finally loved myself. So it took that amount of time for me to love myself. And I finally can move forward in life and say that I accept my life. My life is not going to change. I went through the things that I went through to help others. This is a part of my journey. I was supposed to go through those, the things that I went through, even though I'm not happy and proud about everything in my life, but it's a part of my life. And being a part of my life, I can take that and I could tell folks, you know, I've never done certain stuff, but I can talk to you about people would just discredit a bad girl and a bad boy and be like, oh, this is a bad boy, bad girl. They're going to be locked up. They're going to be dead or locked up. But have you ever sat down and talked to the child that is having problems? Have you asked them, ever asked them what they are going through at home or the challenges that they are going through? Those little bad girls could have been molested, abused. That little bad boy could be molested or abused or watching their parents on drugs. He could, it's a lot of things that little bad boy could be going through, bullied at home. You right. know, so I tell folks, don't judge folks because you really, you never know what the person sitting next to you has been through. You right. don't. Because I would make everyone else happy around me. Even at work, I would make everyone, I was a morale booster but I would go home and I was suffering inside. Right. I was depressed. People didn't know what I was going through because I got joy out of making other people happy. One last thing. What would you give as a piece of advice to our listeners in similar situations that feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, that there's no escape, that they're not strong enough to remove themselves? There is always an escape. And it starts with you. It starts with you. The best advice that I can give, I used to put sickies on my mirror. Oh. And I would say, yeah, 
you're beautiful, you can, don't give up, um, love yourself, I love you, you're a queen, you know, I tell people now, I'm a goddess, you know, um, yes. so put positive messages on your mirror, every day you have to walk in that bathroom and look in yes. that mirror, so when you begin to say it to yourself, then it will start to instill within you, I tell people the hardest thing to do is to reflect face that reflection in the mirror face yeah. your reflection in the mirror everything about you 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 can't change your past but you can you can make it a positive thing and you know to give back so love yourself first and put yourself first if you're putting people before you and they're allowing you to put them before you they don't love you because a person that loves you is always going to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're yes. putting yourself first so that is the journey for me for healing was facing my traumas, accepting my life, acknowledging my life, coping with it. And it, it has it has definitely done some things to me differently. That was a really beautiful piece of advice. And I think it's really important for people, even if they haven't gone through similar situations that you have gone through, just to have a sticky note that says, I, I love you, because a lot of people don't have that inner monologue of loving themselves. And I think that's really important when it comes to having self-confidence, having self-respect, and then that would in turn, maybe push away people that don't deserve to be in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, the hardest thing is saying goodbye to people. But there are going to be people in your life that you're going to have to let go. Yes. Right now, I only want positive energy around me. And I'm still learning. and I'm still working on my flaws because I was damaged, right? right? So I can acknowledge and I can admit that I was damaged, that my relationships damaged me, that I've damaged myself, right? right. So now I'm taking that trash out, right? But it's like the journey of protecting yourself with positive energy and once you start filtering out negativity you watch what I tell you that bubble of positive energy with positive people it, it exists yes there is still a lot of positive people out here but you create that aura around you even if people are negative they can change too so you battle them with your positive energy. You don't have to argue with everyone. Yes. It's okay to say, turn it off. Do not disturb. Yes. Hang up if it goes uh, uh, in the wrong direction. Even my mother, I tell her she coughs and she's negative. I love her to pieces. My mother had a massive stroke. And, you know, we, we have our differences. We do not have a connected bond because mm -hmm. my childhood, now that I'm older, it has distanced me. And I'm working on trying I'm trying and it is very, very, very hard. And even with my mom, if she calls, I'm like, are you negative? I'll hang the phone up on her. But I'm not dealing with negativity. I can't. Mm -hmm. and, and I've made it very clear. If you start negativity with me, I will hang the phone up and, and I will. But it's to protect myself, um, not to disrespect you, but to protect me. Yes. So protect your energy. Yes. It, it, it's it's a hard thing, but once you get in the process of tuning out negativity, it becomes a habit. You'll start straying away from it. So you're going to have to say goodbye to people. You're going to have to let go of people. It's it's um, it's a part of of the the journey. And you watch how your life changes. Yeah. It, it's 
definitely, yeah. Well, I would love for you to plug all of the amazing things that you have going on one last time before we head out for this episode. So go for it. Okay. So I do have a youth, we have a youth program. Uh, we just did a, a youth uh, hip hop paint. It was wonderful. That was our lunch. We did a speaking. We, I have a lot of uh, do motivational speaking. So I have a lot of speaking engagements. Now I'm actually going to be network hosting events coming up, networking events. So I'm super excited. I have a rooftop a networking event coming up September 16th. Um, I also have a youth event tomorrow. We're, wa- we're actually watching the rain and the percent is dropping and dropping. So I'm excited. Yay. We're having uh, a youth car show. We'll have a first, second, third place winner. The youth are going to choose the, the vehicle. Um, uh, we're having moon bounce, face painting, uh, double dutch, water balloon fight. We're having it all for the youth. It's going to be a turn up. I love so, that. Yeah. So if you're in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, <laughs> definitely come out. And then um, I have a hip hop paint coming at the end of the month. Uh uh, for the youth. So we're giving back to the youth. We're giving back to the communities. We have a 501c3. It's uh, the good fight. And again, you could check us out on our website, www.theggoodefight. And we have Unfiltered Unspoken Podcast where we're sharing life experiences. You can check us out on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, The Good Fight, E uh, uh, E on the End of Good. And then if you want to personally come check me out, Demetria Good. Um, I'm very raw, so I speak my mind. Um, I'm not filtering anything out of my life. This is me. What you see is what you get. And I love myself. So any of my posts, they're not directed to anyone. Any of them, if they feel sad, they're not sad. It's just me talking about my life experience and releasing. Um, so, yeah, come check us out. And we wouldn't want you any other way. We want you raw. We want you authentic. We want you as you are. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on here with me. And I am so excited to see where you go in life and everything that you are still going to do. Cause I know that it's not going to be, you're not done here and you are a force. And I'm so lucky that I have met you and I truly appreciate everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was an honor. And, you know, I hope this message touches someone else. And if you're going, love yourself. And it's it's okay to heal. And it's okay to face your traumas. And a lot of things, it's not your fault. Some, some of the things is not your fault. So don't blame yourself if it's not your fault. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening in to this episode. Catch us next week for a whole other episode. And we love you guys. Bye. Bye. All the Sins Worldwide was written, recorded, edited, and produced by our co-hosts and creators, Jess and Mims. We truly want to thank our listeners, collaborators, friends, and family that continuously support us and for all the love we receive. If you enjoy our show, please give us a glowing review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we're up to. 
and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsworldwide at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins Worldwide are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure to subscribe and like us on your favorite streaming platform.